Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, hello, all of my beautiful, amazing people. Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. Today, we are diving into the spirituality bowl, and I am fucking stoked on it. For those of you that don't know, I myself am very spiritual. My mother is a world-renowned healer, and a lot of the stuff that we are going to discuss in today's episode has truly been a big, big proponent in what has shifted a lot of the things in my life. Um, I cannot wait for you to meet my guest, Ryan Haddon, who is a spiritual and life coach and just all around very amazing woman with a lot of really incredible insights about what we really need to do to create those relationships that we are looking for in our lives. So sit back, grab a drink. Welcome to FML Talk. Oh my God. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. <gasps> he did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on our Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh no, she didn't. Before I bring Ryan on, and I'm so excited for this episode to air because when we recorded this interview, I didn't really know what to expect, but it ended up being such an incredible discussion of things that I know have really changed and affected my own life. I have talked about on this show how our unhealed trauma and things that we haven't yet addressed within ourselves will show up in relationships that we attract and people that we attract into our lives to mirror that trauma for us. And a lot of the things that we discussed today is how to really figure out the blocks that are keeping us from finding those relationships that we all desire so much and how our type is keeping us from finding our quote soulmates and really how your subconscious mind is sabotaging your love life, which is a real fucking thing, you guys. And I hope this episode, well, not I hope, I know this episode, if you really take in what her and I discuss is going to show you how to let some of that stuff go and address some of those things so that you can attract more of what you are wanting in your life. So put your fucking listening caps on or diving into some life-changing shit. Here is Ryan. Ryan Haddon, welcome to FML Talk. Thank you for being here. Oh, it's so good to be here, Gabby. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to dive in with you about 
all that you do and all this knowledge that you have because it's been so prevalent in my life and my journey. And although I've done a lot of healing around it, I always love getting other people's perspectives. And I know that the people that follow me are very in tune with wanting to manifest those relationships, make sure the ones that they're in are healthy and all of the things. So I can't wait to dive in with you. Yay. Um, Can you just give everybody a little bit of background on the type of work that you do and how you came to, uh, to be doing all of it? I am a life coach, a hypnotherapist, and a meditation teacher. So those are some of the modalities that I work with. And essentially, you know, it's a mind-body-spirit event <laughs> that we're trying to, to pull all the pieces and parts of people together that come through my practice. And so we, all of those seem to work. And we might get some insights in our coaching space and then realize quickly that the subconscious is always underneath, you know, it runs 95% of our life and it's underneath and we might have these aha moments in coaching and then just move that right into hypnosis and thoughts around the subconscious. And so it's pretty powerful to use both, I think, to really bring about change. Absolutely. And I think that, so in my book, one of the techniques that I came up with is called the thought onion. And basically what it is, is you take a look at your thoughts to figure out what subconscious belief could be causing Mm -hmm. that initial superficial thought that we don't want to be having in the future. And that was how I really started to dive into those traumas and the, the subconscious beliefs that have happened. But even for my journey, I found a lot of times how my subconscious had been running what I was manifesting, especially in relationships, and how traumas that were unhealed had been manifesting mm-hmm. different things in my relationships. So when I got, you know, the the breakdown of the type of work that you do and I saw, you know, what your subconscious is sabotaging in your love life, I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to discuss this. Um, so let's go ahead and start with that. Let's, let's well, start I'm with- so glad because I want to talk about this quickly is that people think, I think we get an idea that the subconscious is a saboteur and it's not, it's, yeah. it's partnering with us to show us the parts that aren't healed. Mm-hmm. So it's just when we're unconscious and we keep banging our heads up against a wall. And in this case, relationships, you keep choosing that same partner over and over and they keep coming in different clothing, looking like a different you know, package somehow, but it's the same. You end up feeling like you're in that same partnership over and over again. It's really your subconscious is attracting that, right? So that you can heal and it'll just keep bringing it and bringing it. So it's, I think it can get a bad rap in the community, just like the ego does. If we didn't have the ego, we'd be just a blob of consciousness, but we don't want to be led by the nose by the ego. We don't want the ego running point and dictating everything. So it's the same. We want to partner with it. And it's the same with the subconscious. We want to notice, oh, what are these beliefs under the surface? How are you trying to help me heal? And then, you, then that's when things really take off. Because yeah. then you start to understand that everything is working to move you into that next version of your, yourself that wants to take birth. Because we all want to evolve. We all want to experience heightened states of awareness so that we can be happy and abundant and joyful. And I mean, that's every single person, whether they understand that or not, and they're Netflixing and chilling, that's (laughs) what they're looking for. You know, that feeling of peace and calm. So if you partner with the subconscious and not look at it as a saboteur, that's just what it looks like from the outside. That's the superficial view of it. 
Yes, yeah. if you don't get what you think you want, the conscious mind wants. But ultimately, the conscious mind, you know, that's the, we want to take we want to take note of what the subconscious is pulling in and say, aha, there, flag on the field. Thank you for showing me that. Thank you. Right. And then right. you do the work, right? You start yeah. noticing so, like you're talking about the to, onion. Yeah. To give people that are listening an example of what you mean by the the different relationships showing up in different clothing um, because they know my story so well. So for me, my ex-husband, um, you know, more or less abandoned me when he had an affair, cheated, and I ended up getting a divorce. That was a huge form of betrayal and abandonment. And abandonment has been my thing since I was a little girl, since my dad died. So mm-hmm. that relationship put that right back in my face. The man that I fell in love with after ended up you know, inviting me on this whirlwind uh, romantic month-long trip to Italy and then bailed 48 hours before oh, wow. we are getting on the plane. So that was a huge, again, like slap in the face of abandonment. So these these relationships kept coming up in my life because I hadn't healed that fear of abandonment. And it wasn't until that second one where I was forced to go on that trip by myself that I was really like, okay, the universe is sending me a clear way to go face this shit head on. Like, it's time to Mm -hmm. heal this belief that's been with me since I was a little girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and the thing is, it looks like um, we have to experience so much pain to get to that because we keep thinking, Mm -hmm. I can figure this out. I can figure this out through the conscious mind <laughs> and right, it doesn't right. work that way. So it's, um, it's a really fascinating thing and what a beautiful experience you had. And I think, you know, so I, I, I don't love that saying where it's, a, you know, pain is this, is the, what is it? Touchstone of spiritual progress or it's right. that's sort of like a 12 step saying that you hear bandied about. And I wish, I think when we're in um, a conversation with our, with our subconscious and all those aspects of ourself, it doesn't have to be so painful. You know, we can start to see, again, the flag on the field, a little, oh, that's, wow, that, there it is again, and start to get that curiosity rather than um, that willfulness that we're, I'm going to yeah. w- make this different. I'm going to make, pull this in, in a different way. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to, it's like through that, that way doesn't get it done. Or it, right. it's longer and it's harder and it's you had you do get schooled quickly and yeah. sometimes it has to go like the bottoms keep dropping lower and lower. Um, but I think when when you're in collusion with the subconscious, then it feels like this really supportive partnership. So it should feel like that. So it doesn't have to be so painful. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. So how do people acknowledge or? Um, figure out if their subconscious mind is sabotaging their love life? Like, what are the things to look for to let people know, oh, okay, I'm one of those people. This is, I'm doing this. You're definitely doing this. Everybody's doing mm-hmm. it. <laughs> um, I think just just noticing what are the themes that keep coming up for you in your partnership. If you're currently with someone, what are those phrases? What are those feelings that are recurring? Because a feeling you can trace it back from a feeling to the thought. Mm-hmm. So start there. What just always comes up on the screen and take the focus off your partner because they're doing their job to activate and trigger you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we waste a lot of energy trying to fix and manage them. And if they could just do this and so just pull back, just stop that immediately and just see what are, what are the common themes in this partnership and then blow it out even further. Where has this happened before in the past? 
how, what is this thread that you've got that maybe, like you said, you've traced it to your childhood. Mm-hmm. And then, then that starts, it's like unraveling a knot. You talk about an onion. I see it's like a ball of yarn. You know, yeah. you're just unraveling it to try to get to that center point where the subconscious put a tape down, put an idea down. This is what love looks like. This is what happens right. in partnership. I get left in your case. And so I have to hold on tight or as a reaction to that, you might not attach at all first. Right. 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 So it's, it's this, these, these tricky ways. And so that's, that's where, that's where the joy of the work is really. Cause it's like being your Sherlock Holmes in your way to understand yourself, not to get what you want. Cause you think it's about getting what you want. You think it's about getting that partnership. You think it's, it's not that it's about understanding yourself and having full, um, just being in fully embodied in who, what, who you're meant to be in this now moment, yeah. right? And so, and having and having that awareness, yes, and then sharing from that place in partnership. Summer is here, and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is Factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son, and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from Factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. Right. You know, right. And so, yeah, no, there's no, we will say those trite saying, there's no, you complete me. That's done. Yeah. Thanks, Jerry Maguire for that one. That really sent a lot of us (laughs) (laughs) down the rabbit hole of like looking for that perfect partner and Disney's played their part too. Um, But it's really, it's really just knowing that they will arrive that person that once you've done that work or your relationship that you're in will shift. Once that subconscious part of you is healed or that part of you that's really working with you to heal. Yeah. So that's a different way of looking at it. Yeah. I tell people that all the time when I get DMs about, you know, I feel like every relationship I've had has failed. Like, when is it going to be my time? And I always say it's never going to, you're never going to manifest that relationship of your dreams that you're wanting until you have fixed the things that are going on inside yourself, which is why when we're in relationships that aren't working, they're mirrors to what we need to deal with and mm-hmm. what our our shit that's coming up is. Um, and I was a perfect example of that. I didn't manifest the relationship that I'm in now until I went and healed some really heavy stuff and really like went inward and went, okay, what am I 
you know, what do I need to adjust in order to be on that higher vibration that's going to attract someone that I want to have in my life? Mm-hmm. And so many times people want that love so badly. It's like, oh, what am I doing wrong? What can I be doing more of? And it's like, no, 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 you need to just go inward and mm-hmm. and love on yourself and work on yourself. And then your whole energy kind of opens up to bring in what you're what you're wanting in a relationship. Do you agree with that? Oh my God, yes. And not only that, but you'll care less about yeah. being in partner. <laughs> the focus of be- that person, you know, that person to share your life with and all that. Once you start developing that yummy relationship with yourself, it's, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't have as much weight. It doesn't have, and so you wear it lightly. You'll, you'll go on dates if you're single and you just won't, it won't, there's that switch inside you. It's like, I've got something and I'm not yeah. letting you in until, yeah. you know, you're bringing something that or better to this yeah. situation, you know, but that you can't fake your way through that. That's just, it either is or it isn't. And yeah. it's great. To, we're bringing awareness to it. And I can understand that someone listening to this, it just be like, okay, that sounds great, ladies. Yay. Like, how do I even do that? How does that even, I know I should want that because I've heard it enough times in enough places, but it's your inner climate. Like, what are you marinating in? What, how do you speak to yourself? What's your self-talk? What happens when the shit hits the fan? You know, how are you intractable? How are you perfectionistic? What are those habitual phrases that you use to bludgeon yourself and and really create an inhospitable inner climate that you're just crawling out of all the time because it's just so uncomfortable? And so really start there. Start, that's, you know, I, I have my clients start there too. Just like, what are your, what do you, what are your beliefs about yourself? What are your assets? What are your liabilities? Like, let's just do mm-hmm. an inventory, like a, like the, uh, the ledgers and the checks and balance. What, what are you working with friend? You know, that's like a baseline. Most people don't even know that. What are your yeah. fears? Like, let's just get a good, like, let's just blow this out for a second. And then most people are surprised how their list of liabilities is longer, or they might be saying things that they like about themselves and also look at your values. You know, um, let's talk about your values because most people aren't living inside of their values, what that pocket of right. values is. And when you're living outside your values, you don't like yourself because you're not mm-hmm. being true to yourself. So figure mm-hmm. out what those are. And if you don't know what values are, um, it's something to, to investigate. It's some, it basically from the, a teacher that I learned from recently, it's timeless, it's free, and it's in, it's, it doesn't change basically, you know, it's, and there should be this like five or six of them. And if, you know, I've had a client who come through and said, honesty is on her list. And I'm like, Hey girlfriend, you're cheating on your husband. That's not a thing. That's (laughs) not a value for you. No, no, no. You know, we're just, look, just, let's just add another value in its place. So it can't be something you're aspiring to do. It's something that you're living. It's who you are. So when you get that sense of that and you start to understand yourself, it's like a key in the lock. Then you start to curate a relationship that feels safe. Mm-hmm. You know, what you're looking for in that partner to deliver to you, they can't. Even if they were saying those things, if you didn't believe it, you'd have that imposter syndrome within the relationship. So right. <laughs> you make you you have to make sure that, that that it's true for you. And sometimes, you know, we can up level and, and pull in a partner. I've had that on my timeline. Someone who is kinder to me than I was to myself. And they were like angels on my path. And I'm so grateful for them because I could rest for a minute. 
Right. You know, so what we're saying is true, but there's also, you know, source and grace are much, much bigger than the subconscious mind. And I do believe that I had some good karma along the way. So I've had different people pop into my life and love me more than I could love myself or showed me the way or were mentors or lit the path or were lighthouses. And so, you know, that's, that's, that's also so, important that's to know. So interesting and so beautiful. I feel like the, the guy I'm with now was that for me at first. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember saying to people, um, you know, I, I could only dream of having someone that looks at me through his eyes. Um, I wish I could look at myself through his eyes. Um, and we've had a, a, a winding journey, if you will. And um, it's been really amazing to look back on that and see how I wished and said that I, I wanted that and wished I could see myself the way he saw me. Um, and now I feel like I do. So I feel like he was one of those angels for me that that kind of guided me to that next level, but mm-hmm. then I was able to raise to that next level to have a really compatible partnership yeah. with him. Yeah, I think that's important to note. You don't have to be, you know, we're talking about raising your level so you can pull in and attract all of that. And yes, that's true. That should be your intention. Or it, it, at the very least, if you're awake, that's a good intention to have. And then also knowing that creating a spiritual container to hold all of that you can mm-hmm. shorten that distance really quickly, friends. So do all yeah. the subconscious things, do your little lists, do your little inventory, all those things. I'm, I'm saying that in a mocking voice, but at the same <laughs> time, like, just know that when you connect to that infinite part of you that's timeless, that's your higher self, that's, that's wise, that's been around many, many lifetimes, that's connecting you to love that's greater than you, whatever your beliefs are, we've all touched mm-hmm. into that at moments. Maybe it's happened to you in the bedroom you've had that, oof, like people have an orgasm, they have, they can feel the, the depth and breadth and scope of love or connection or so we've all touched into it or it's a sunset or maybe you have that in prayer and meditation that can override any small limitations and focus on that as well in conjunction yeah. with doing the other work. Let this not be just like, I've got to unpack all my childhood and there's, that's joyless. You know, yeah. if it's just that. So do a little of all of it, you know, um, and just keep keep speaking to your person. If you're single, speak to your person. Um, your person being you. Say, you know, I know you're getting ready for me. I'm getting ready for you. You know, yeah. just know they're there. And I say this to women who have fertility, fertility issues. Speak to your baby. Speak to that mm-hmm. soul. You know, yeah. so there's just remembering that there are so many parts of us. And we've just talked about the subconscious. We've talked about the ego talked about the conscious mind but there's also you know your spiritual being having a human experience mm-hmm. and so meditation is one way to touch into that but there's a myriad ways yeah and i think it's so good that you brought up the doing something with the joy i talk a lot about um what i call the self-love cocktail which is making a list of things that you can give your soul that make you happy, that make your soul Mm -hmm. just freaking sing and doing things on that list every single day. Because for me, that is loving yourself, doing things for yourself that make your soul happy. And when you're doing that, you're vibrating higher and you're feeling that good feeling of joy and you're attracting other great things into your life. So I think it's a it's a mixture of all of the things that we're talking about and making sure you're aware of all of them and finding yes. out 
what works for you and, and doing a little bit of each. And I love that you shared about that because that is raising your vibration. Yeah. And there's a lot of different ways when you notice yourself dipping down, whether it's because environmentally you've picked up on a collective thoughts or you've like the pandemic, like (laughs) pandemic, or the news or whatever that is, anything, or even just walking into a room. Some of us are more sensitive to those things than others, you know? Um, So if you notice that this is part of being in that conversation with yourself, like, Oh, what's happened? You know, and not just try to stuff that down and move on to the next thing, but just notice, wow, I've kind of like dropped down. I wonder what that's about. And then figure out tools in your toolbox to pop that out immediately. You know, you don't have to accept that. You don't have to continue with your day as such. You get to start your day over at any time. So in that moment, do some breath work, you know, move your body, start doing some Tai Chi, like just do, it becomes your responsibility to hold your state. Yeah. And so that's on you. Nobody else is responsible for that. So that's the part where if you don't have a lot of good tools in your toolbox, expand that out. And by that, I mean things that help you to self-soothe, things that help you to pop out of a mood, um, uh, people that you go to that can really hold up the mirror and help you remember who you are so you don't forget. That's that that team that we're talking about, you know, that we curate and cultivate. Totally. Um, so let's move on to why your type is keeping you from finding your soulmate, because this is really interesting to me. Um, the man that I am with now is not that I even really would say I have a type, like looking back at my full dating history. Um, some of my FMLers are probably laughing right now and going, yeah, your type is Latin. Um, (laughs) but he, Tay, my boyfriend is very different than what I would have thought I would end up with. He has a daughter. Um, We've both been married and divorced now. Um, He's definitely different than if I ever said I had a type, what that type would be. Um, So I'm interested to see, to kind of unpack this one. Um, Well, I think that we have a list. So I'm very careful with my clients to like, make your list and let's take a look at it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, because I feel like we also, again, the subconscious is pulling in what it, what's familiar and what it knows. Right. So that's why it's like, it doesn't matter. Your list is going to go out the window. It's like, where does your stuff connect with their stuff? You know? So it's really that. So you're kind of powerless in a sense, if you're, if you're not conscious and aware but I think we can run through, I mean, for me personally, I've had that, that story after my divorce, I was in that dating world in, in LA for a while, which is fierce and ferocious. Um, and I met some great people, but I kept pulling in that same person over and over. And I was like, Oh my God, like, what is Mm -hmm. this? The emotionally unavailable And then I realized, like, where am I not available to myself? Like, I'm afraid. It's about me being afraid, right? Because I'm afraid to jump back into partnership somehow. I'm afraid of that burn that could happen. So I keep pulling in someone and and I look like the person going, hey, I'm ready for love. Stepping in for love whenever you're ready, you know? Right. (laughs) And they're like running, you know? And I'm like, hey, wait, I'm over here. It's so loving, you know? But when Uh, I understood the switch, the paradigm around, it's like, no, actually, I'm not. You know, and I'm pulling in that because it's a defense mechanism for, you know, I'm oversimplifying this, but essentially that's what I got to. And then when I met my husband, 
later. Like I wasn't, it was, it didn't fit any of the things on that list. Mm -hmm. I wasn't even attracted, you know, it wasn't even like, nope, no, but there was just goodness, niceness, kindness. And that was interesting to me. That was easy. That was simple. That was, there was a transparency. There was a wholeness. And so that, um, I don't know that I knew to be attracted to that, but I just, it felt right because I had switched my frequency. I had started being like that to myself. And so that's where we clicked. We met on that, that point. But the, the laundry list of other things, of lifestyle, our lifestyles were different. He's different upbringing, everything possible. All my friends are like, it's not going to work. This isn't going to work. Interesting. Family, everyone, this is not. And meanwhile, you know, we've been together, what is it, 13 years now. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I and think it's, so it's, it's, it's so, on my list for sure, I mean, because I know people talk about the whole list thing all the time. Um, what's on your list? What are you looking for? For me what my list was in my 20s is so drastically different from what it has become in my 30s. And I think that my big relationships, like my my marriage and the, the relationship I had after that, I think those taught me what was really important and what I really valued in a relationship. And I had to have those heartbreaks and fails and experiences in order to know like, oh, all the shit that I thought was important that like these two men checked the boxes of, I don't really give a shit about. It's actually all of these things that are really important, um, which, which you know, the person I'm with now has. Um, I did a, a viral video um, a couple months ago that I want to get your take on. And it's basically this theory that you have three loves in your lifetime. Not like that you can only have three loves, but that when you look at all your loves, there's three, you know, of the most impactful ones. And the first one is kind of like your big puppy love that you're, you know, all like sunshine and rainbows, but then it usually doesn't work out because of something stupid and you guys are young. The second love is your hard love that's very like, can be narcissistic, but really like, teaches you a lot about yourself because it was so hard to get over and it like was so fast and furious that it just kind of breaks you. And then the third is the unexpected love that like comes wrapped as something that's totally not what you were expecting and you don't even recognize it at first and it ends up being probably the deepest and the most life-changing. And that I did that video because it was so perfect for kind of Mm -hmm. my journey of the relationships I've been in. Um, and that's kind of what we're talking about, about that third person that you and I have both found that it it comes totally different. I never thought I would be with someone that already had a kid. Um, mm. He's a lot older than I am. And it it just didn't it didn't fit what I don't know what I had programmed or what society had programmed into my brain mm-hmm. of like, this is the type of person I'll end up with because this is the life that'll be yes. what we have. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, I know. And I think that's the part where you um, were talking about those bottoms where it kind of wears you down and you get to that point where you're like, I'm just open. I'm just open. I'll throw that stupid list out and I just want to feel safe. Like what? And then it starts to get into the feeling. I want to mm-hmm. feel like seen. I want to be able to expand. I want no drama. Like there's like th- certain things start to get more important than those yeah. other things. And so for me, it took a lot to peel back all those ideas of that. So it was like that unconsciously calling in the same type of person over and over and not to say, you know, that they weren't, those people weren't blessings to me. And I have 
right. I'm so grateful for them. So there's not, there was nothing wrong. I'm, I'm thank you for thank I thank them for that. Um, but it's, it's just interesting. Like when you talked about in the beginning is getting to that point where you're just like, okay, I let go. I release, I absolutely release everything. And I'm just going to show up and see what happens. And that's the freedom of letting yeah. go of the list. You know, I yeah. just want to feel good with this person and I can let go of all the ideas that I have around what that should look and feel like to be able to be that way, you know, and that's, that's when magic can happen, I think. Yeah, I so agree. Um, what, how long did it take you with your husband to get past the, this isn't going to work or, you know, he's not necessarily what I'm looking for. Like, what did that trajectory look like? I don't know. I mean, we got engaged early because I had kids and I had two kids and I don't, I think you're him, you know, he wasn't expecting that (laughs) and he's just not, you know, no, he wasn't expecting to walk in with like a six and an eight year old, um, which is a lot to take on. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think a real man can parent other people's other men's children, you know, is pretty powerful and the same for a woman. It's another level of acceptance and love and surrender and, um, commitment. So hats off to both of you. Thank you. I'm so glad that you're saying that coming from the standpoint of the mother of your kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually, at my wedding, um, when I did my speech, said, I want to thank my stepdad for being here because it takes a different type of love and acceptance Mm -hmm. to be a dad to someone who isn't really your kid. And Mm -hmm. he has very much so been my dad from the moment he walked into my life. Um, So I'm so happy that you brought that up because it's been a weird road for me to navigate, you know, obviously when, you know, his daughter is here, it's like, it's your house, it's your rules, but it's not your kid. So it's a, it's a very interesting road to navigate, especially for me who I still, you know, I'm 32, but I still look at myself as young. Um, I know obviously there's people younger than me that have kids, but like, I'm still a big kid in many ways. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's been an interesting, um, dynamic to kind of get used to for sure. Mm. Yeah. And you have, you have, you know, stories with those children. You have karma with them, you know, so they called you in too. And that's, there's something really special about that. Yeah. And not to get too, you know, out there for some people listening, but um, I've done a lot of work in therapy because Tay is older than I am. Um, not the age that that my dad was when he passed, but he's he's older. And his daughter, when they came into my life um, in a very big way, was six years old, which was how mm. old I was when he died. Oh, wow. So it was mirroring a ton wow. of stuff for me. And my therapist was like, God, no wonder you're having like, you know, issues walking forward with this. Like it's bringing up oh, everything God. that you fear. <laughs> Yes. And from the ages of zero to seven, that's when the subconscious you're in theta state, right? So it's such a pivotal, powerful time for shifts like that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, let's just go there. I mean, that is, that is like a perfect symphony. If I may say from the outside looking in. (laughs) Right, right. No, it's, it's too, too close to be like, oh, that's just coincidental. Like it's definitely soul contract stuff that's coming up. And, um, and you know, my mom is a healer, so I'm very, I've grown up in, in the work and, Mm -hmm. and 
being in tune with stuff like that. So it took a lot for me to look at that situation and recognize it and not sprint the other way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's oh, been a big, so cool. big growing lesson. Yeah, and you're so brave. You just said yes to more love and more working on yourself, you know? Because I did. Kids in general, I did. Yeah, kids in general will push you to your your limits in many ways. Uh, Yeah, you You think you're patient. Oh, guess what? There's more patience to be had, friend. You know, girl, (laughs) I am. I can attest to that. Uh, But you know, my mom said that about me when I was born. She's like, you know, I. You think that you have it all figured out, and you're like, really, you know, got it all together. And your kids like, you, you just wait. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. And then they're also healing alongside them. Hopefully, again, if you're bringing that awareness, you get triggered and you're like, oh, yeah. So it doesn't just happen. We're talking about triggers in the subconscious. It doesn't just happen in partnership with a significant other. It's happening. You know, we have soul contracts, like you mentioned that with everybody. So it's just bringing that that knowing, oh, I have four kids. I have four opportunities to um, grow alongside them. Right. And so it just creates more places where I can stretch really and also experience joy and connection and we're all very close and tight so it's oh I love that yeah um so we've talked about manifesting new relationships what you need to kind of bring those in Mm -hmm. um and let's talk about because I know a lot of uh my listeners are healing from divorce, cheating, Mm. shit relationships, um, like we all do at one point or Mm -hmm. another. Um, So talk to me about creating space for positivity through forgiveness. Because for me, one of the biggest weights that was lifted off of my shoulders was when I realized that I didn't hate my ex-husband. And I, even now, I mean, there's been instances where he's unfortunately reared his ugly head in a not so great way. And even now I can sit here and be like, I don't feel any hate towards him. I feel sad for him. Um, but I don't hate him in any way. Mm. Um, so to feel that, that space of forgiveness, because, you know, not having that only inherently hurts yourself and will bring your vibrations down. Um, So tell me about how people can get to that place. Well, it's a place of freedom. So I think, you know, I love that saying, I'd rather be happy than right. Yeah. And I think this is a good place to insert that fabulous phrase because, I mean, a lot of times when we don't forgive, it's because we think it should be different than it is, or we Mm. think it should have unfolded in a different way. And when we can pop out and just say, I don't understand all the lessons yet, and I still have all this feeling because we don't want to do a spiritual bypass on it or an emotional bypass and just be like, peace and love. Like, it's not, it can't, that's not true. So you have to yeah. walk through it. And I think writing, find ways to just keep getting it out of your body, out of your system, not repressing it. And I'm a huge believer in prayer work. And what that can look like is just saying, I wish for them, do a treatment for two weeks. This is part in part of the 12-step world that I'm very much a part of. You can do a two-week prayer on it and just say, I pray that they get everything they want and everything that they deserve. And don't say that with <laughs> right, anyway. With malice. <laughs> yes. You're everything like, they deserve. Yeah, exactly. Like, it doesn't work, they get friends. hit by a bus. <laughs> if you do it that way, 
don't do it. It's not working. Yeah. Or you can start that way and then just do that morning and night and just see, because really what you're praying for is release from the bondage of self. Because Mm -hmm. when we have, we don't forgive, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die, you know? Right. Wow. I'm just full of these little catchy sentences today. I love, we should Um, be jotting them down. (laughs) But anyway, so it's just, just knowing that, that like, I'd rather be happy than right. So I'm going to release you. And I think just saying that over and over and over throughout your day, I release you. I really, anytime they pop in your mind. So if you don't feel like doing that prayer thing, if that feels too contrived, then just, if they pop in, if you feel that feeling, just say, I send you on your way and I wish you well. I send you on your way and I wish you well. You know, try, just try that. One of the things my mom suggested that I do when I was in the kind of like anxiety, um, anger stage after yeah. my divorce was to get quiet and send him love. And at mm-hmm. first I was like, what the fuck? Like, absolutely not. Like, what do you mean? And she was like, Gabrielle, it's only going to hurt you if you mm-hmm. hold on to that. So if you can send him love and the vibration of love, um, it's going to not only heal you, it's going to make whatever energetic dynamic is left between the two of you fall away and not be so intense and, and bringing you down. And I'll raise you one on that too, is that, um, for my woo woo friends listening (laughs) and woo woo sounds like a dismissive thing. It's not, this is, it's everything. So I'm not going to use that phrase anymore. It's lame. But for my spiritually minded friends, (laughs) it it means that you can even sit and wrap them in a blanket of white light and then cut any Mm -hmm. cords between you. And there's something so satisfying about the cutting of the cords, you know, and you can go if you if you know where your chakras are in your body, you can just even go through them like that, because certain people attach to certain parts of us, they have psychic hooks or cords or things like that. Just imagine that and you'll feel how good that feels to just release them to, to the light, like your mom said. I mean, that's really yeah. it. But even visualizations, it's one thing to say them. Some of us are auditory. Some of us are more kinetic. Some of us are more visual. So I think for those that are more visual, it's helpful to see them wrapped in white light. And ultimately, you do want that. You fell in love with that person at a time. There are qualities and reasons why you were together, right? And you might not know what those are, but... There, if you can remember, connect to that, that point of love between you and then wrap them in light, give them back to the universe. I give you back this person, this being in love and light yeah. and then cut whatever's left. Yeah. And it's for helpful. people that are listening, you can do this with people you don't necessarily hate either. For mm-hmm. me, when I was trying to heal from my relationship with Javier, I didn't have any hate towards him. I, I wasn't, you know... I didn't feel like I felt around my ex-husband towards him, but I still needed to energetically cut that cord. Um, I did a lot of work uh, in therapy around that. Um, So you can do that if you're healing from a heartbreak and you're trying to let go of someone and you just like are having issues fully letting go and accepting that. This is a really good practice to do as well. I love that you say woo-woo because, you know, when when you talk about it and you you're not sure if people are in that spiritual space or have grown up like, you know, learning about it, it does sound a little out there, but it works. Like I'm a walking example of the fact that it works. My mother is a walking example of the fact that it works. I'm a walking example that it works. Definitely. So, and it's, you know, I think the woo thing we need to just collectively stop because it, it, let's normalize all of this. Let's not make it like this 
thing that's happening over there with this other community. Just make it mainstream. Just make it just part of like you're an energetic being in a physical body, like period. period. That's it. You know, um, and why would we do this? Why do we do these things? Because they're energetic leaks for us. Mm-hmm. They're ways that our energy siphons out, they're way our focus uh, comes out. And sometimes we do that on purpose because we don't want to look at our, we don't want to bring the energy back to our own life and take responsibility for our own thing. So we make it about them, oh, them. And it's just ways that we can escape from where we are right now. I think everyone understands that. And so we yeah. all have ways that we do that. And so what I'm saying is as many of those as you can close. So if you have resentment against someone, it can be as simple as a resentment or it can be hate. It can be at the highest level of that because that's the highest frequency of that energy, you would say, right? right, Towards someone else and on the opposite would probably be love. But then some of us are somewhere in between that where we're just like, I just don't like them. I just don't, whatever that is, whatever on that spectrum, that's a leak for you. That's a part where you've given your power to them and nobody wants, nobody likes the idea of that. Nobody likes the idea that they're not here anymore and they still have power over me because I'm thinking of them and I'm wishing them ill. But in doing so, it creates a loop within myself for my health, for my well-being that I can't hold more love, that I can't hold more light. Yeah. So it's, um, it's helpful. It's helpful when it comes to forgiveness. Yeah, and it doesn't serve you because they're on the other end living their life, not yeah. giving two shits about the the hate and the energy that you're sending them. <laughs> so I'd rather be happy than right. Start there. Yep. Even if you're like, yep. I cannot work it. Well, I guess because what's happening is <laughs> you want to be right somehow. You want to hold on to that narrative that you have of them that you were wronged or that you were a victim or it should have been different in some way. And so we're just, you know, edging in this idea that every single thing in our life has happened as it should. And that's, yeah. those are my beliefs. Take what you will leave the rest. Yeah. Um, and I've had, I can definitely, I've had enough trauma in, from birth onwards that I can speak to that. And you might say, oh, it's easy for you to say white privilege, whatever that is. I actually, <laughs> I've been in different other pockets that I can speak with authority and say, I have had to forgive. I have had to cut people loose. I have had mm-hmm. to do all these different things to be free. And that's all yeah. I'm interested in today. That's all I'm interested in. I don't want to be right or superior or any of that. I just want to feel that click within myself where I feel like I'm in my center. Yeah. And so I have to do all these things to get there. It doesn't, I can't just w- wish it for it to be that way. It's work. Yeah. It's joyful. Work. And I think, I think that's something we all want that, that just inner peace to, to feel free, to mm-hmm. feel like we're not, fighting the universe on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, Miss Ryan, will you please tell everyone where they can find you and follow you and, you know, the courses that you have and all the good stuff you've got going on? I am on Instagram. That's probably where I write the most these days. And I'm at Ryan Haddon Coach. So come and find me there. And I have a website. It's ryanhaddon.com. And I offer courses and group coaching and I'm just sort of blowing that out a little bit at this time. So I'm writing a book and I'm doing all, all different things. I'm percolating over here, but I am still working with people one-on-one and love it. That's great. We will put your uh, website in the show notes as well. So people can come see you. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom and opening our hearts today. Oh, it's been such a joy. Thanks again. Take care. 
God, there was so much good shit in that interview, you guys. Um, going back and listening back over it again, I I learned stuff that, you know, was new for me. And this is, you know, I I grew up in a very spiritual household with a mother who does energetic work and is able to uncover subconscious blocks. But hearing Ryan speak about how, you know, your type can be keeping you from someone that's amazing or how different subconscious things can really be holding you back from what it is you're consciously saying you want was really eye-opening. And I hope that you guys got as much out of that as I did because it was, for me, this is like the good golden nugget stuff. Like if you're ever going to thought onion, this is the stuff that you're attempting to get to. Um, And this is some really powerful work that I am a walking product of. So for all of you that, you know, shoot me DMs and are saying you can't move past something or are hung up on something, this is the stuff you want to start diving into. Because when you can figure out what those subconscious beliefs are and begin to let that shit go, you can change your life. I promise. Okay, we are going to make a hard left and jump into your FML stories. Here we go. Hey, Gabrielle, it's Amanda, the girl that made that TikTok video about you and your book and how much it changed my life. I told you I'd be submitting this story. So here it finally is my FML story. I met my now ex-boyfriend in March 2021 through a dating app. He was good looking, funny, witty, had a great job. He did everything right. Always called when he said he would, made plans days in advance, took me out to nice dinners even brought a care package to my house when I was sick. He was basically the total package. I continued to learn more about him over the next couple of weeks of our relationship. I asked a lot of questions because obviously I want to learn everything about my boyfriend, right? I'm going to fast forward to our last few days together, or as I like to refer to it, my weekend of hell. After initiating a bunch of completely absurd and irrational arguments, he finally says to me, fine, you want to know everything, Amanda? I'll tell you everything. So let me share with you just some of the highlights of what I learned over the next few hours. I already knew that he used to be in the military and he told me that he left due to an injury. Well, apparently that was only the beginning of the story. After four years in the military, he got injured and began taking steroids or testosterone replacement therapy to, quote, repair the muscle. Well, apparently possessing any kind of drug is a big fucking deal when you live on a federal military base. Police found drugs in his home when they were executing a search warrant that stemmed from a sexual assault investigation they were conducting. Apparently, he, his then-wife, and another woman had a threesome, and the other woman reported it to the police after the fact, claiming that it was non-consensual because it occurred while they were all drinking and snorting Adderall. He was charged with what I can only assume was some drug-related offenses. He took a plea deal that allowed him to receive an honorable discharge and still receive all of his benefits. He had also originally told me that he has two kids that still live with his ex-wife in Florida, but he speaks with them frequently and sees them on school breaks and summers. He always said that they were so close, so I could never understand why he would leave Florida and move all the way to New Jersey to where we are now. Sure enough, there were actually a couple reasons why he left Florida. One was because he allegedly got roped into being a middleman in a steroid scheme. He claimed that he was only trying to help out a friend of his, which actually turned out to be the man that his wife began a relationship with and moved in with a month after their divorce was finalized. 
second reason involved an incident with his then-wife when they had a drunk physical altercation after a night out. She threatened to go to the police and claim he assaulted her unless he signed a divorce agreement, which stated, in part, that he would not be entitled to any visitation with his children and would be limited to two phone calls with them per week. He signed it, believing she wouldn't go to the police, but she did, and he received probation. He also confessed that he actually hasn't seen or spoken to his children in over a year. After learning all of this lovely information about my boyfriend, later that same night, he decides to start up another argument because I simply responded to a question he asked me. I don't have time to get into all the details, but ultimately this led to me having to get the police involved. We broke up the following day when he tried to spin everything around on me and claimed I betrayed him for calling the cops, told me I was a horrible person, among other things. He also claimed I knew too much and made some threatening comments in regards to me exposing him on my TikTok account since I post a lot of content about my previous hookups and dating life. It was only after all this that I got curious and decided to do some investigating on my own. When my typical Google searches came up with nothing, I eventually caved and paid for a background check. Remember that incident he had with his ex-wife? Well, it turns out he had pled guilty to felony battery by strangulation and received five years probation. During that time, he is not permitted to have contact with his ex-wife, nor is he allowed to drink, although I have personally witnessed him do both on more than one occasion. It was also recommended that he have a mental health evaluation, and now I can clearly see why. Oh my God, girl. Um, (laughs) Consider this your official invitation to submit as many FML stories as you choose for this podcast. Um, If anyone is looking for good, juicy uh, FML stories such as this, Amanda's TikTok is full of them. I found her when she posted this beautiful, touching video of what Eat, Pray, FML had done for her. And I have been enjoying her crazy content ever since. Um, That's insane. And I know that you had cut that down from what all the crazy details that was originally in the story, kind of like to a highlight reel. So I can't even imagine the other stuff that was uncovered. I will never understand why individuals choose to go to these lengths to cover up their bullshit and and lie and deceive people. And it just must be fucking exhausting. Like, can you imagine living a life like that where you have to constantly track your own lies and, and think about who you told what to and what person you're living as today? Fuck that. Oh my God, it's unreal. Um, I'm sending you love, girl. I promise I am walking hope that there are good men out there. So keep going. Next week, I have a pretty incredible woman joining me. Her name is Tina Swithin, and she is an advocate, an author, but her story is absolutely shocking, incredible, mind-blowing, like all all the words um, to describe what this woman has gone through. Um, She found out that her husband had sunk them into $1.6 million of debt. Um, She lost everything, was living in a woman's shelter with her two girls on food stamps, and then had to go to court to fight her narcissistic husband. And the bomb that gets dropped after that is something out of a horror film. I was blown away. Um, It is shocking. It is triumphant. And it is all in all a really incredible story. I cannot wait for 
you guys to meet her next week and hear the insane journey that she has been through. As always, make sure you are subscribed so you never miss an episode. If you guys need a little extra FML talk, we have an entire season of mini uncut bonus episodes on the Patreon subscription, and we are just now diving into season two, which is Tea Time with Tay, Uh, and it's been really awesome to have a... Not that I'm tooting my own boyfriend's horn. Um, A great fucking dude to give a male's perspective on so many of the topics that we talk about. So if you want to sign up for that and join our Facebook group, go to patreon.com slash FML talk. Until then, I love you all so much and we will see you next week. Cheers. Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.